Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, ready, bird. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. I want a number leave. Everybody, welcome to the latest Super Bowl edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael LaGarrison. What's good, everybody? To the right of me, you know him. You love him. He's a former Division One tight end. The big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Good to be with you. <laughs> and also, everybody, we are blessed for the Super Bowl episode to be joined on the line by the host of the soon-to-be Weapons Hot Podcast, our boy CJ from the Jet Factor Podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> What's going on, Jets? Yeah, guys, Super Bowl week here. It's upon us, Chiefs 49ers, and what I was about to say to you guys right before we hit record, but I wanted to wait till this moment, was imagine we were doing the show this week, imagine we were sitting here to do the show, we're huddled around the mics, and we're talking about the Jets in the Super Bowl, just imagine, I know, I know, guys, I'm just throwing it out, just to put the positive vibes out, because that, if, if that, just that world, it's so hard to even think about. This is a totally different podcast, I mean, the vibe for the podcast is already lit, but if yes. the Jets are in there... God forbid the Jets were playing the Giants. Have you ever seen the show Man in the High Castle? No. So Good show, the, by the, the way. Man in the High Castle is about an alternate universe where the Nazis ended up winning World War II, right? Okay. And there's like a dimensional uh, portal where they can cross over into different worlds with different realities. I don't even think in the Man in the High Castle there would be a portal to a universe where the Jets are in the Super Bowl. I don't even think that exists. <laughs> I don't even understand. I, don't, I can't even conceive of a, of, a, of, a, of a reality of such amazing. But we could talk about that later. Right? It could potentially what we would do. But Mike's basically saying if we were in the DC universe, Jets still not. Won. There's like 300 different flashes, all from these different dimensions. All of them are like, guess what, guys? Just think. That sucks. But get, you know, but guys, before we get into that, before we start talking about the Super Bowl, go through everything we want to talk about with the Jets too this week. I mean, the world of sports and just the world in general, big tragedy occurred this weekend, guys. Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed in California. His daughter, his daughter also perished. It was seven other people in the uh, helicopter. It's, it's one of those things. I don't remember. I was trying to remember, guys, before the show started, the last, you know, athlete that was still so fresh and so young. You know, he just retired. It just right. happened, you know. Right. And was so iconic. That's, that's perished or, or that we've lost in, in this manner so tragically. It's such a shock. I know the city of Los Angeles is, you know, he was like a superhero there. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. And especially there in Los Angeles, um, he's an icon. And, you know, I know he meant a lot to a lot of players in the NBA. He came in playing when he was 17. I seem like he's... 
he just seems like he's been around forever. God, he's he's the same age basically as we are, you he's, know. So he's, he's a little older yeah, than us. So a couple years older than us. It's just yeah. so shocking, guys, and it, it is one of those deals where um, you probably will always kind of remember where you were. Yeah. You know, I was getting a slice of pizza, yeah. and the guy said, "Did you hear that basketball player died?" And I was like, "What are you talking word, about?" Yeah. And he's Kobe Bryant. I was like, "What? That basketball player?" Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Mike, what do you, what do you have to say about it? Completely unbelievable, and um, you know, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. The only other athlete I can think about who had a similar death in in their in their young years uh, of life was a guy named Roberto Clemente. Who died in 1972? You know that's a good Thurman Munson. If you're from New York too, yeah, that kind of is on Thurman, but 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 but, 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 but Clemente and Kobe—that's a different level. Absolutely, yeah. You're right, Mike. That's a good example. Great example, Mike. And 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 I think Kobe's death struck me, and I think struck you and the rest of us in our generation. You know, I was 16 or 15 when Kobe first came on the scene. He was a little bit older than me, and. I got to see Kobe all the way from when he was a young little 17-year-old, you know, coming into the NBA uh, um, and then becoming a man and going through and, you know, getting married and then playing against Michael Jordan and, you know, winning titles and going through his life, becoming a father. And you feel kind of attached to him in a way. And it's so like when a guy like Michael Jackson died, I'll never forget when Michael Jackson died, my mom like screamed like she was like what like she just was like it was like couldn't believe it but my mother grew up with michael right i did i didn't i mean i i had him i knew who he was when i was growing up but i I didn't connect with him like a guy like kobe kobe's like i never met the man but son he was like one of us like i've known him i've seen him his whole time he's 41 years old you know what i'm saying i'm only a couple years younger than him so when he died like it was kind of hard to accept it or like to even realize like Kobe's dead like that's crazy and I just um it's just so surreal that he would pass the day after LeBron James passed him in career points and the last tweet he would send to the universe was congratulating LeBron James on passing him in the career points and progressing the game. And that's what Kobe really was about. He was about progressing the game. He was yeah. about youth. And, you know, it's about celebrating his life and the good things that he's done. And anytime somebody passes with that type of uh, impact on life and and the good things that he's done, it's very important, I think, that we take the time to recognize those good things because we can become better people ourselves by highlighting those and trying to effort those as we go forward. Absolutely, Mike. And you know what else? He's a good example. And, you know, he I know he patterned himself after Michael Jordan. Jordan's the, one of the great examples of it, too. But Kobe's a great example of someone that was born with obviously born with natural talent, born with the height and the size to play in the NBA. But he didn't just take his natural talent and coast on that. He worked harder than anybody. And that's why he ended up being one of the great. And that's the people ended up being the greatest of the great, the upper, upper, upper echelon, which is where he resides in the world of sports. Those are the people that, yeah, they're gifted, especially in the NBA where guys are six foot six, six foot seven. Like, you, you just get born that way, right? And but he also was a gifted basketball player. But then he worked harder than everybody, even down to you know the, the end of his career. And you hear people all of a sudden start trying to put things in perspective, and that's not a bad thing when that happens. But it's just sad that it takes things like this to occur for people to maybe mend fences or or put their life in perspective. But when someone this young passes away, or someone that meant 
this much to that many people, I mean, you know, that's what you're going to get. But also, since he stepped away from basketball, he's also been doing other things like trying to uh, empower youth and so on for them to pursue their dreams and to not be afraid. And the fact that, you know, he was mentoring his daughter Gigi uh, and she was beginning to follow in his footsteps with her basketball career. And she had dreams of playing professional basketball one day um, and wanting to go to UConn, wanting to get a a great education and so on. You know, so it's it's definitely um, a sad time for the basketball community, for the sports community as a whole, because we did lose um, someone who was held in very high esteem. But at the same right, you know, there there are still more questions that are than answers. Not that I want to throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing, but there were seven other people on that uh, on that helicopter that also did pass away. I think that they should be spoken about just as much as we are focusing our attention on both Kobe and Gigi because I mean if you think about it I mean I'm probably going to butcher these people's last name but the um, the Albotelli I I mean you know you had a husband wife and and their daughter Altabelli yep Altabelli yeah um they're pretty much almost their their entire family perished in this in this helicopter you know this um, this helicopter crash. What about one of Gigi's uh, teammates who was on there? Yeah. Um, there was a, there was also another friend of the family there. You know the helicopter pilot herself. You know doing uh, doing the best that she could to try and keep them safe. You know this this was a um, just a, a tragedy that, as I alluded to before, there's still a lot more questions that still need to be answered. Again, in my opinion. As much as we're focusing on Kobe and Gigi, we should be focusing on on everyone else who was also uh, who lost their lives because of this tragic accident. Yeah, no, no, that I mean yeah. that's definitely true. And just the yeah. way that it works is that naturally Kobe Bryant's one of the most famous people on the planet of yeah. Earth, so he's the person that's going to get the most uh, attention in the situation. But every single person who passed away, and you think how when those type of things happen, you know how each each one of those people affected how many other individual people like right. a spider web yeah you know each one of those people affect, like have so many other people that love them also you know and that that goes out into the universe man that affects a lot of people it's not Absolutely. just you know and it, it, it is right it's a good point that cj made and it is it's just tragic yeah, now that we spoke about that guys let's talk about the super bowl let's get into it chiefs 49ers waiting all year for it can you even say i can't even you can't even say the super more though can you I Wait a minute, hold on a second. I know that if you try to make a bet on any of those New Jersey um, betting sites, they can't mention, they can't call it that game, the name. So can we call it that when we're doing this, though? I, that's that, what I that's need a, to know. That is a good question for legal, Mike. Mike, to be you, got honest, the, you, got the, you got the parameters on that for us? Uh, guys, I'm sorry, my thing keeps dropping off. So I'm just going to keep rolling, bro. We'll just until we get them back. No, I'm here. I'm here. My stupid thing has been dropping. All right, guys. So it's tragic, but, you know, we do got a Super Bowl to talk about. At least we'll have something to uplift our spirit a little bit this weekend. I'm sure we'll have something for Kobe Bryant. Some type of, uh, they'll mention it, have some type of memorial, talk about it before the game. But we got Chiefs. We got Niners. We got the Super Bowl coming up. Let's chop it up, boys. Here we go. (laughs) 
It ain't the situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, guys. We've sat here, we've talked football, we've talked Jets, we've talked everything football related, we've talked all the way through the playoffs, and here we are at the mountaintop at the championship game, the biggest game in sports. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says, I know the World Cup final is big, but guess what? Super Bowl is just, it's bigger than big. Yeah. For, for me, it's like, for, it's almost like, uh, it's an, like an out-of-body experience yeah. at a Super Bowl. That's why me thinking about the it's Jets being there before... I was like, oh my god, it's like a fever dream. Yeah. Like, I have a 109 degree temperature. I'm not, I'm looking at myself, I'm above myself, because I can't focus on it. Right. But here we are, Super Bowl. I mean, I'm hey. really excited, and I don't know, what's everyone doing? What's up? No Patriots. <laughs> no Patriots. No, and you know what was great, guys, is we got to have the Patriots take that big old fat L. Yep. Right? Then, just chill out and watch the playoffs. Hey. They weren't even in there. At that point, once they lost, it was gravy. Yeah, it was just gravy. It was just gravy trains after that. Mike, Mike, what are you doing uh, for the game down there in Texas? You guys going out to a bar or something? You're going to watch it at your house? You're going to be with your dad, your brother, your mom, uh, the fam? What are you doing? Yeah, so uh, my wife actually usually works on the Super Bowl. She was able to get off this year. So we are. my brother's coming up from Austin, and he's going to be there with his family. My dad's going to be there. We're having a couple of friends. Ordering some lasagna from the lasagna house. Excited. You know, have a bunch of kids over. We're going to have a couple. We're going to have a little Super Bowl party. So we're pretty excited. I already took off on Monday from work just because I got to clean up and, you know, after all the festivities. So that's what that's we're going to be doing. Spending spending it with uh, friends and family. Now, the lasagna in Texas. Let's get into it. How horrible is that? How disgusting is it? I'm not saying. Whoa, that was aggressive. Now, Wookie had a few cocktails. Guys. It might be, it might be really good. I've never tasted it. But I'm just saying, oh, oh, what I've heard. Now I know they do ribs and, and barbecue good. Oh, down there. I would. I've had barbecue in Texas. It's amazing. Now we're gonna be it's here. So good. We're gonna be here at the crib uh, at the Crystal Lake Compound. Rocking out. We will be rocking out as usual, having the family. We're gonna be doing the same thing, Mike. Getting some nice, delicious wings. Yeah. From roosters, yeah. Stuff them in our bone belly. in, bone out. My dad will make some meatballs. We'll There'll be bowls Ita- of meat. We'll get some Italian bread. It'll yeah. be delicious. Oh, what do you got going on, CJ, down there in uh, Florida? Uh, well, to be honest with you, nothing really special. To uh, I know that kind of sounds disappointing, but the wife and I were actually taking uh, our youngest son to a birthday party that we've been uh, invited to. The uh, the birthday party kind of ends around five six o'clock, so we're probably going to be driving home listening to the first part of the Super Bowl, and then when we get home, we get to listen to the concert. You know, basically, you know, football game. You know, a concert in the middle of a football game, and then you know, we'll we'll, we'll probably just you know kick back for the second half where nothing nothing really special, and maybe just break out some chips and cheese, maybe some make some homemade nachos or something like that. Nothing. Nothing really special, you know, just because uh, we just—it is what it is, bro. So, so, so that's what that's is, what you're doing. So that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing now with Patrick Mahomes, you know, playing up against Jimmy G. What would you do if Sammy D. Darnold and the New York Jets were in the Super Bowl? Well, where would you be? Where? 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 The universe. Where would you now, be? Now we're talking about we got to at the beginning. You're saying if the Jets... Who wants to go first here? 
I'll, there's gotta be a way. We. This is what I, I'll go first, guys. Let me. I'll, I'll tip it off here. I think that we'd have to figure out a way. We gotta get Suji up here in New York because we need. We need that energy up here. You gotta yes. be. You gotta be back up here. There would be a huge party. We. I'll, you know. We'll, we'll do a GoFundMe. Pay for the ticket. He has yeah. kids in the family. We can't. This guy can't <laughs> spend that money. We'll get it done though. All I know is that if the Jets win the Super Bowl this year, especially, man, I'd wanna. I know Mike would wanna come up here too. You guys know how Mike is. Um, and Mike said if the Jets win the Super Bowl, he could either go to the game or be up here in New York. Yep. But I have to be with my dad because he's been bringing me since they were down there in Shea Stadium, match season tickets my whole life. So I got to get his old butt with me, even though he is like the mush from the Bronx Tale. He's, and he's a kiss. <laughs> excuse me, he's a kiss of death though, my dad. Um, he's the worst luck in the world. But yeah, I love him to death. But I shouldn't say that. You know why? I didn't say this before, but he's a giant Laker fan. That's why I've, I've watched yeah. more Kobe games than most people ever have watched. And he's a San Francisco Giant fan because they used to be playing the Bronx Polo Grounds. They moved. He waited 50 years and they won three World Series. So he, he didn't wait him out. So he's had some good luck as an old man oh, when yeah. he got older. Oh, yeah. But uh, with the Jets, obviously, we all know how that's gone. Not so much. Uh, yes. Not so much, guys. But it had to be with my dad. I mean, I just... Mike, it's not even so much for me. Where I am, it's who I'm with. Right, guys? It's who you're with. Right. You, we could all be stuck in an airport lobby. And if we're watching the game and you got people around you that you, you care about and are fun and are into the game, and you, you have a good time. Yeah, so the Jets, as far if the Jets ever made the Super Bowl, I, my, I need to watch it with my father, and I would want to watch it with Keith and Fox. Those are the three I absolutely want to watch it with. Chris Fox, definitely in the mix. That's the guy everybody, uh, AEBG fans, my boy, I have season tickets with. Uh, <laughs> one of my best friends in the world. Yeah, he's, we'd have to watch it with him. Mike, I'd love to have around. I just, you know, I couldn't, it's hard to even put yourself in, the, in that oh, place, yeah. you know. But yeah. let's get into this game, guys, coming up right now. Chiefs 49ers. I want to hear what you guys got to think about it. Um, obviously, the Chiefs offense is unbelievable. And they had some, they had some lulls these, this year, guys. But still, for the most part, as the year went on, especially the end of the year and then especially in the playoffs, uh, Mahomes showed you that he is ridiculous. Yeah, and he can turn it up. To, he can turn it up to another level. I mean, as yeah. when they got when they got Tyreek Hill back, especially is when their offense got much better. Um, then you look at the 49ers, though; they've been a buzzsaw. Their offense actually averaged more points this year than the Chiefs' offense, and the, you know they put up a ton of yards per game. Yep. And their defense, as opposed to the Chiefs' defense. Chiefs defense is average. Yep. They have some pass rushers that are not that bad, but they, they're pretty average, right, guys? The Niners defense was just ridiculous. And they stepped it up a notch in the playoffs. So this is a Super Bowl I'm excited because, first of all, no Patriots. Yeah. No other no other team that I despise. So I'm not emotionally invested in any way. I just wanted to see a good game, and that's what we're going to have. And, um, you know, it's two exciting teams, two young quarterbacks. What do you think, Mike? How do you think the game's going to go, Mike? Do you think, as you said in the past, that Jimmy G is not the real deal. What do you think about him in this game? Super Bowl time. All in. All the chips in the middle. Here we go. I was 0-2 in uh, the championship round. I picked the Packers and I picked and I picked San Francisco. Yeah, I I picked the Packers to beat San Francisco. And I I forget to mention that I went 2-0. Yeah. And And you went 1-1. I did go and over. Mike went 0 2. Yeah. So it looks like again? Your yeah. boy were. Guys, yeah. 5 and 1 the last couple weeks. Now, I told you, guys, listen to me. You walk, 
ABG, audience, don't listen to Wookie. Don't listen to Mike. Walk with your boy, because I got the peaks on lockdown. Lockdown, baby! Woo! <laughs> I completely whiffed on that. I really thought that Tennessee was hitting their stride. Kansas City played an excellent game. And I didn't believe in San Francisco because I don't believe in Jimmy G. The defense is superb. Uh, good good job to Kyle Shanahan. This game here, um, I'm just, and again, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going with San Francisco. I don't like them. I just think they're, I like their defense and everything, but I just don't like their quarterback. And their quarterback will throw an interception and they'll just run the ball. And there's going to come a time where that's not going to work anymore. I mean, you could even take the Jets from 2010 to look at. They had an excellent defense. They had an excellent O-line. They had an excellent run game. But Mark Sanchez held them back from going to a Super Bowl. That team, with a good quarterback, would have won the Super Bowl. That team, that, that, that Jets team there. But Mark Sanchez was a mediocre quarterback, but not really a good quarterback. And Jimmy G is not much better, in my opinion. So I got Kansas City. Hard, locked. I think that Mahomes has been spectacular. I think the defense is riled up. And I don't even think Andy Reid has ever won a Super Bowl before. So I think he's ready to go. His men want to play for him. And I think Kansas City's going to win the Super Bowl. All right, TJ, what do you think? What do you think is going to go down in the Super Bowl? Who do you got taking a W this weekend? I tell you, you know, this is, this is probably the matchup that makes the most sense for the NFL coming into the Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about two... High-powered offenses, one suffocating defense in the San Francisco 49ers. You know, the the, the Chiefs defense much, much, much improved from last year, um, where they were they were having difficulty putting teams away um, with, with that defense. So they are much improved. I, I really think that this Super Bowl, you know, it is going to be a treat for us. Because, you know, when, when we looked at the Super Bowl last year, you know, when we looked at the, the Patriots and the Rams, we were all, we kind of like, we felt a little bit let down because, you know, the Rams had this high-powered offense and the Patriots had this suffocating defense and we figured that, you know, it was going to be, you know, a battle of wills. And it basically just turned out to be a snooze fest and probably one of the worst Super Bowls in Super Bowl history, in my opinion. Nevertheless, I think that we're in for a real treat this Super Bowl. And I really think that this may not turn into a defensive battle. I have a feeling this is going to turn into a track meet. And I just think that the 49ers are running the ball very, very well. What do the Chiefs do well? They know how to stop the run. Right. But take a look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was pretty much neutralized in the AFC Championship game. That's a good point. All right. So, so you know, it, it's going to be a battle of wills where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, is not going to be throwing the ball seven, eight times a game. He's going to have to throw the ball. You know, Kyle Shanahan's going to have to come up with something creative, like rolling him out of the pocket, maybe doing some play action, may, maybe doing some bubble screens or dump offs, you know, to try to lighten the load a little bit. Because I, I really think that running the football is going to be difficult. I think you're going to see a lot more of an air attack than people are given or given credit for. I think that both secondaries are going to be tested early and often. And I'll tell you something right now. If the Chiefs go up big early in this one, I don't know personally if I have the confidence in the 49ers offense to go toe-to-toe with Kansas City in an offensive shootout. I think that it, it'll be interesting to see if they can catch up because 
you know, they they really put the whooping on Green Bay. And, and, I mean, Green Bay, like, right around the middle of the third quarter, you could tell that Aaron Rodgers was pretty much had thrown in the towel. He was kind of looking for the exit. Like, what was the quickest way I could get out of here? Because, I mean, they, they, they got smacked. They really did. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. I think that, you know, again, this is going to be wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, you know, the more the, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like I'm trying to picture it in my mind, what it would actually look like, and I I really think that we could potentially have a shootout in the Super Bowl again. Now, remember the last shootout that we had was when the Patriots played the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles came out on top on that one. Yep. To me, I think it's going to be who blinks first. And for some reason, I just think that this is Andy Reid's time. I think it's his, it's his turn. I think that this is, I, I think, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are poised to come out on top on this one. It's not going to be easy because I think the 49ers will probably give the Chiefs the biggest test that maybe they've faced all year. In my opinion. I see you over here. Yeah. As you guys are talking, we got someone over here <laughs> chomping at the bit. Go ahead, pal. No, I mean, what do you got? I've gone back and forth. I've gone back and forth over the last couple of days. And it just comes down to, do I believe or does anybody believe, whether you're a 49er fan or not, Garoppolo, or are you a Kansas City Chief fan or not? Who is the guy that's going to get your team what they need to win that game? And I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. The offense is unbelievable. There's not a a front seven that any team is going to see like San Fran's. To see that front seven against the offensive line, Mahomes, and the speed and the skill that they have on offense there... There's no dog in the fight. It's been mentioned. I'm going to be so happy just to watch that game. I think it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be something that we're in, we haven't seen in a while. All right. Well, you, but you didn't make a pick, so. But <laughs> I will go. I will. I will go. So with, let's go, go ahead. With, I'll go with Kansas City. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. I dare. I, I something. dare you, Keith. I dare you. Let me tell you something. Yeah. ABG world, and I'm going to tell everyone else out there that. The last couple weeks, the first week of the playoff picks, your boy didn't do so well. Yeah, I... Okay, I didn't get some breaks there. Second week, destroyed you guys. Did. Last week, flawless. Yeah. Okay, now, I'm coming into this game, and this, this is what I'm thinking here. During the season, the Chiefs weren't that good stopping the run. They did a great job last week. Yeah. They had a great game plan. They also scored so many points that they put Tennessee in a position where they had to start to putting the ball in the air more than they wanted to. But during the year, you know, what, one thing they were able to do was actually when people got in the red zone to stop them. But teams could move the ball on them a little bit. They're middle of the pack when it came to defense, but way better than last year where they were right. one of the worst worst teams in the league, just like CJ said. And, you know, obviously Casey's offense with Mahomes. It's unbelievable, but San Francisco, I think one thing they're going to be able to do, because the Chiefs don't have the best offensive line in the world. Right. Patrick Mahomes was in duress last week often. Didn't make that many mistakes, though, because he's Patrick Mahomes. The difference is this week versus this team and this secondary, it's a much better team. Much better secondary. And I do think that when you look at it and you look at the, the 49ers offensive line, anybody they put in at running back... 
somehow. You, did they show you a replay? There's a hole. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if it's Breda or if it's yeah. uh, Mostert or if it's Coleman or whoever the hell it is. Their offensive line is so good that Jimmy G doesn't even have to be that good because he sits back there and he just has time. Yep. So I do think this is going to be a close one. I do think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. And it might even be a shootout. But I do think the Niners come away and win the Super Bowl this year, guys. I do think Jimmy G is not a great quarterback, but he's a lot better and has much better stats and is much more efficient than some other quarterbacks in the past that also had great defenses. And, you know, those teams weren't necessarily up against a Patrick Mahomes and a track meet offense, but the Chiefs offense this year has been great, but it's not like last season, Right. right? They had some lulls during the year. There's been teams that have been able to slow them down a little bit. Fortnite is going to give them problems. Um, the beginning of the game especially. We'll see what happens as the game goes on if Andy Reid figures them out. Because Andy Reid in the second half is usually a really, really good coach. He was in one Super Bowl. Obviously, we know he took an L. And I do love the Chiefs. I have I don't I don't care who wins. I just want there to be an awesome Super Bowl. Yep. But I think the 49ers are going to get the upset here, guys. And take the if win. you are, end up being right about the 49ers, we got to bring some, We got to do something with Senor. I, I don't know. I, I just can't imagine the Kansas City Chiefs lose. If they do lose, then... Andy Reid needs to go to Los Huevos. I, I just... Oh, you think... Re- oh, okay. Coach going to Los Huevos. Wow. Okay. Vegas odds? is going to win the MVP. It's probably on Patrick Mahomes. Who's going to Disneyland? Yeah. yeah. It's probably on Patrick Mahomes, yeah. I bet. Uh, I know yeah. that KC is favored by a little bit right now. You know, their team their team has been so great on offense. But, you know, I just hope it's a tremendous Super Bowl. And we get some good entertainment, guys. Because last year was just the worst yeah. Super Bowl you could possibly imagine it was just not fun. Game. Just to watch a good game would be awesome. And it's like, we watched the game last year and just waiting for the Rams to do anything. Yeah. Because they were stopping the you Patriots the whole up. game. Patriots didn't score a lot of points. No. Oh, God. No. Makes me sick. Hey, hey, there was a, there was, before we, we end up closing up shop, there was a, some, a question um, that I wanted to pose CJ and Nick and um, Keith, I would like your opinion on this. CJ and I were having a conversation. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up because because it, his answer to me was just I, I couldn't believe what he said. So, you know, we t- we're talking about the Jets making the Super Bowl, and you know, what are the things that the Jets would need to do? Obviously, they got to get a better offensive line. Obviously, they got need a better coach. You know, we think that they need a better coach. You know, that we believe that the quarterback is already the solution. But one thing that we do know is they need to add weapons. And there have been some rumors about what the Jets are going to be doing regarding wide receiver. And I said to CJ that one of the rumors going out there is that the Jets potentially will give up their second round pick for Juju Smith-Schuster for over there at Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh may be going through a rebuild. CJ said, no, I would not give up a second round pick. I would give up a third round pick potentially, which I thought was like, wow, because if we could actually, in my opinion, trade a second round pick for Juju Smith-Schuster, I would do that in one millisecond. I don't think so. If, If the Jets got, I'm not trying to put words in CJ's mouth. I'm sure if the Jets got him for a second, you know, he it's not gonna it's not the worst trade in the world. Just considering the fact that last year their quarterbacks were just beyond a net and he was banged up. And when you saw him out there with a decent quarterback like Bennis first two years, he's he's a special player. You know, but he just his first year he was really good. Then the second year he was ridiculous. Last year's kind of almost like an incomplete. So you have a little bit, a little bit of a gray area. If the you know? Jets traded a first round pick in twenty twenty for Juju Smith Schuster tomorrow, 
would you guys as Jet fans a first be round pick? No, upset. No, you no 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 no. You can't do that. Okay, they, they, right. I would lose no, my mind. Just bring it. Just okay. They have to. They have to choose. We'll get into that in a moment. They can't right. do that though. But I mean, if they traded a second round pick, and the reason why um, that might not be the worst. Bring the Jets Raptor podcast back for just one more day, <laughs> just to absolutely obliterate the Jets trading a first round pick for Juju Smith Schuster. Okay, Mike knows I would freaking pull out, yo, the Exegol class freaking Star Destroyer with like that big old planning killing gun, gun from Rise of Skywalker, and I would aim that squarely at one floor in Park. Okay, I would turn that thing into uh, I would uh, I would vaporize that building. Yeah, that that would not be good, but. Dude, I would go full-on Mandalorian, dude. Like, I would have the music playing on my phone and everything, and I would seriously just freaking just roll right up there, and that's it. It's done. But So do you agree a second? You would do a second, Keith? I mean, I probably would, just considering the fact that we have um, those two third rounds this year, which is a little different than normal. You know, the Giants, thank you very much. Gave us that nice, juicy third-round pick, Wookiee. Appreciate it. You basically, uh, it's like you gave us a gold bar and we gave you just a hefty bag. Of- yeah, here's this pile of shit. Listen, yeah. hey, uh, New York Giants, this is a bag. Inside this bag is <laughs> that we don't want. What would you say if we gave you this for a third round pick this year? I'm just, and just, just wanna, let's put this out there, guys. Just sure. So, just so everyone knows. Gentlemen, jumps on it. This is what, at ABG, we, we let you behind the curtain and we're totally transparent. Wookie's had a few cocktails. Yeah. Let's put it out there. Yeah. I just want you to know if you I'm hear, you hear, slur, you hear him getting wild, guys. You know we reined him in. I got him chained to the wall. What giant fan or or, or anybody that reports on the Giants is going to say that was a good trade? No one. Will. In good faith, who's Not going no on the radio saying, you know what? Giants didn't make out so bad in that trade. Well, Gettleman. Who's? I bet. <laughs> no, no, please. All right. Well, the reason why I wouldn't give up a second for Juju is because of the fact that I just think that Juju Smith-Schuster is not a bona fide number one receiver. I just don't. Wow. Now he had some solid. He had he had solid stats. Okay, his first year there. But also keep in mind, Antonio Brown was also still on that roster. So Antonio Brown did attract a lot of attention. Okay, in which Juju Smith-Schuster was able to capitalize on that because teams were double-teaming and following uh, Antonio Brown very, very closely. Once he left, then Juju had the opportunity to step up, and he did admirably. Okay, and this year I do agree with Keith that, yeah, he does get an incomplete because, I mean, they basically have had, you know, a a carousel at at quarterback (laughs) since... uh, since Ben Roethlisberger went down, I mean the only, the only person who didn't yeah. get a kick at the can to play to 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 play quarterback over there was Bozo the Clown, and that's because I think he was playing someplace else. So he <laughs> might have been playing Los Huevos, who knows? So, but in any event, Juju Smith-Schuster, very very good wide receiver, not worth a second round pick. Okay. If I'm giving up a second round pick, I'm getting Juju Smith-Schuster and other compensation. Okay, for a second round pick, and I'm so sorry. Okay, but. You know, it, it's time for the jet tax to die. Okay, you know how Luke Skywalker said in The Last Jedi, it's time for the Jedi to end? Yeah. Well, guess what? This is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone telling the world that the jet tax needs to end. Okay, so which means that Joe Douglas, instead of being like Mike McCagnin, who gracefully dropped his pants and bent over the barrel so that way every freaking NFL team could absolutely screw over the Jets, 
in royal fashion, okay, I think it's about time that Joe Douglas decided to deliver some of the screwing in. Okay, I'm not going to give up trade assets. Uh, I'm not going to give up draft capital, and I'm not going to trade assets, okay, uh, unless I'm going to get a capital return. So we need to start acting like a big boy football team and start making big boy football moves and stop acting like a bunch of whiny little bitches that are just going to be happy with throwing money at a fucking never-ending problem that never gets Yeah, but I don't think... I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't I don't think getting Juju Smith-Schuster for a second-round pick applies to what you just said because he's 23 years old. He's still... He, he played three... He's like Sam Darnold who got drafted when he was 20. He, he may or may not be a number one, I just know that when he had an actual quarterback playing quarterback, yeah. he had fourteen hundred yards. He had more. He had more targets. He had more targets than Antonio Brown. You know, and then and also when Antonio Brown didn't play the last week of the season because he had a hissy fit, Juju Smith-Schuster had like one hundred and eighty yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's only one game. I'll take care of it. And last year it was what it was. You know, last year. It, it's hard to say because his stats, you, you, look, you look at it and you're like, um, it's hard to, and I know what CJ's saying because say last year he had 1,400 yards again. Yeah. You know, and he's 23? Then you're like, all right, hold on a second. Yeah. You know, but because because we didn't really get to see last year or really, really any of their receivers, right. how they won so many games, I have no idea. I don't think he'd be the worst trade in the world, but I totally see where CJ's coming yeah. from. And also... He's probably more, CJ's more liable to give him that third because we have two of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, say, say basically, CJ, say basically you swap out Leonard Williams for Juju. That's not bad. And that's what, that's what, that's what one of those picks would be from the Giants. I would take that in a second. Yeah. You know, and, and keep our, our second round pick. So, I mean, you know, that, uh, we got the second round pick could be used on, so could be used on something that we really need, yeah, which yeah. is offensive line. Right. Like, and there's a, there's a, look, look, um, Joe Douglas has to get creative because we got to rebuild the offensive line and we need to get Sam Darnold weapons. I think the defense, there is things we could do with the defense, but I think the prerogative is, Get protection for Sam and get weapons for Sam. I know I would wish we could keep Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think Adam Gase is going to utilize him. Maybe they can get creative and trade Le'Veon Bell to like the Redskins for, you know, I don't know, offensive ta- uh, offensive line assets and, you know, work the contract. I don't know. But Joe Douglas is going to... Do you think the Jets are going to trade Bell? I, we talk, We chatted about this a little bit on your podcast a few weeks ago. Um, let our listeners know what you think. Do you think the Jets are going to hold on to Bell or get rid of him? See, personally, in, in my heart, I want the Jets to hang on to him because I really think that if we can rebuild this offensive line the way that it needs to be rebuilt, mm-hmm. I really think that Le'Veon Bell will become a mainstay and a huge weapon for Sam Darnold going forward. You know, I, I just I just think that letting an elite talent like Le'Veon Bell walk out, walking out of the building or trading him for whatever you can get for him, which you may not get much for him because people will probably say, well, you know, uh, we're not willing to part with our top prospects. So now you're going to end up having to get B prospects or C prospects or whatever, you know, for one of the one of the top running backs in the league. And to me, that's unacceptable. And, and I just think that. You know, Adam Gase, I'm, I'm sorry, he needs to pull his head out of his ass and he needs to figure out how to use Le'Veon Bell. Because if you don't, then you're doing Sam Darnold a, disju- a, a disservice because you're taking away a weapon which, is a, which, in my opinion, could be essential to Sam Darnold's growth. There, I said it. There's also another option which would be 
if they thought it was beneficial, if they did cut it and they take a cap hit, obviously, but you save all that money. I mean, if he's making fourteen to fifteen million dollars, you have a three or four million dollar cap hit. You save ten yep. million. That's another option they might do with Bell. But um, everything you said makes sense, and I think going into next year, Mike, when it comes to the draft, I mean, we're not going to get into it now, but there's just so many different ways we can go because even though our defense, uh, you know, statistically, dudes, like. It was so much better than you would think because of our injuries. It makes right. no. It's like you know what it reminds me of, Mike. <clears throat> Obviously, not remotely the level of success, but I think you guys will know my analogy. Is that this year the friggin' Yanks came in with this team that was loaded, right? Right. And everyone got hurt. Yeah. And all these other dudes filled in. You know, and you guys are Yankee fans, you and CJ, and, and yo, and you guys beast went above and beyond. Yeah. You, you guys had the seventy or eighty game stretch, which was yeah. unbelievable this year, right? And the Jets on defense, <laughs> Jets on defense, we lost Mosley, we lost all these different a guys. lot of guys. Yeah. Jermaine Johnson's yeah. out. Um, you know, Williamson's out. All these different dudes are out. And they still managed to every game, especially as the year compete. went on, compete and play really well and finish Absolutely. pretty good statistically. It's just so many different areas of offense. And just, it's the defensive line and the offensive line. If they can get a great edge rusher, that'd be great. But I wouldn't mind, uh, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. I don't. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't mind if they just used the first three picks all on offensive line. Like, we're, like, we're, like, and everyone's like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. I don't care. Guess what? One year, the Jets picked mangled then they picked brick in the same round and people were like why'd you do that guess what both those dudes mangle mangle mike is a borderliner and then brick probably won't make him a brick made a ton of ton of bro bowls too they played forever he never missed a game never missed a practice break yep. that dude's unbelievable so you get three of those guys. why don't we just who can, like let's just do something unprecedented because if you think about it if you just all of a sudden draft some big giant young savages on the offensive line, right? Yeah. And you keep beach him on left tackle. He's yep. quasi okay if he's healthy, right? Yep. Then you're like, all right, we have some we have some, some dudes now. Two or three years, these guys will come together. You meld. We have some okay receivers. Even if they lose Robbie Anderson, yep. they have Crowder. They can go out and get receivers. Receivers, receivers, receivers all, and, all over the place. And when you look at the metrics, Sam Darnold from when he's under pressure and when he's not under pressure is a rookie when he played against the Cleveland Browns, when he played against the Miami Dolphins, and when he played against the Jacksonville Jaguars in that three-game stretch after his first game against the Lions, he was pressured a lot in those games. When you look at that Indianapolis game and that Denver Bronco game, especially Indianapolis where he went toe-to-toe with Andrew Luck, he had a very, very clean pocket, and he had one of the statistically one of the best games of his career. This year, in the beginning of the season, when you had Ryan Khalil and that busted-up offensive line, Sam Darnold had the got over the mono. He struggled against Jacksonville, against Miami. Funny, where did I hear that before, right? Against New England. But as Harrison took over at center, as Beecham got healthy, then all of a sudden, Sam, even though playing against weaker competition, started to play well and finished the year with a 93 quarterback rating. Sam needs protection. Like CJ said, like you said, the the number one priority is fixing the offensive line, and like you said, I would be fine with going all tackles and guards in our first three picks. For the Jets are the first team in the history of the NFL to only draft offensive linemen. They draft seven. Yeah. They draft seven. CJ CJ just loses his mind. You cancel the podcast. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's like, wait, oh, seven offensive linemen? What is going on here? Yeah. But guess what? Three or four of them would be good. I'll, I'll, I'll sign off on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finally be rid of Brent Cavani. Yes. And freaking Ben Igelana. Okay, the New York Dandelion.
the express flight to Los Huevos. I'll even pay for the tickets, for God's sake. Okay? <laughs> you know, just just biggest detriment to Sam Darnold's progression as an NFL quarterback is that goddamn offensive line. True. I've said this for the past six years. Six years. Okay? And I'm sorry. The New York Jets are paying for their arrogance for not addressing this line. And then when they did address it, they addressed it with Spencer Hall. Wow. Yeah. No, that's not how you address the offensive line. You address the offensive line by actually going, getting starters, and getting depth. Okay, why? Because in a, six, in a 16, 17-week season, guys are going to get hurt. Okay? You need to be able to have a backup that's going to be able to come in and keep your quarterback upright. Why? So your quarterback can score points. How does he score points? By distributing the ball to his weapons. Wow. Football 101, ladies and gentlemen. I just spelled it out for you. I can't make it any simpler for you. So what you're saying is Spencer Long was pretty good. All right, now you're trying to be that guy. He I'm, was, sorry, I'm sorry, CJ. He's, he's, in full, he's full Wookiee. <laughs> he's full Wookiee. He's full Wookiee, right? Yeah, Wookiee's had a, he's had, like I said. No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely here in the moment, right? Yeah, a few, guys, a few smearing off in Cokes. Yeah. Um, in there they right went now. down quick and smooth. Yeah. And he feels good. It's, it's Super Bowl episode. I'm guys. in the pocket right now. He's in the pocket. He's feeling yeah. good. All right, guys. So that was another amazing edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast in the books. The Super Bowl episode. I want to thank CJ so much for joining us. Always brings the energy, the fire, the passion, the knowledge. He loves the Jets. Thank you so much, CJ. You know we love you. Thank you very much, brother. Michael, if anyone does want to listen to us, contact us, tweet at us. Get their hands on this show in any way, shape, or form. Where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of... The biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. The biggest Jet fan in the state of Florida. Our boy CJ crushing it with the Weapon Hot podcast. About to be in your face coming up soon. The big sinking Wookiee, the majestic beast to my right, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll get at you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks.